Hi everyone, we're back on the Stay Hungry podcast, Joel and Andy. Today, we're going to be focusing on doing more of what you're good at. Never get tired of that theme music. It is cool. How are you? Very good. Damn, said very good. Shit. Oh, the word very. Yeah. Do you want want to... What about copywriting... Rules. Uh, things is, is you, the use of weak words. So I shouldn't have said very good. I should have said excellent. The Apologies for that, listeners. Copywriting. <laughs> Sorry, I digress. Don't so, apologise. Well, I did just call you Putin. Oh my god! And I just started a sentence with "don't" after I've been talking <laughs> talking to Caitlin about how how you shouldn't start sentences with "don't" because people don't like being told what to do. Which so that that's literally four copywriting secrets within the first twenty seconds of this podcast. And you've talked about that before, and I've remembered it. That stems from the uh, Don't Drink and Drive advert that was a massive failure. That's a good example I love using, yeah. Yeah. From the 70s. Were you around then? Yeah, you were born in the 70s, weren't you? <laughs> no, Andy. 60s? No. Not the 1950s, Joel. Contrary to popular belief, Joel is actually only about 23. Well, not not quite. But, but yeah, I just feel like I've been around a long time, ever since working with you, really. <laughs> Has it dragged? <laughs> Right, I'm sh- what are we talking about today? Doing no more idea. of what you're good at, which is apparently not working Looking old. Fucking <laughs> ass. <laughs> right. I'm Benjamin Button. You said I lo- you genuinely thought oh. I looked 45 when I was younger. What an amazing film. I remember the audience like literally gasping uh, when they de-aged him to look around like 20, 21, just like this impossibly good-looking young man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, same's happening to Emma me. Emma sort of has never looked at me the same afterwards, really. It's almost like she feels a bit cheated. Yeah, that poster on the bedroom ceiling is a bit <laughs> much, so, isn't it? <laughs> right. Anyway, doing more of what you're good at. So, this is, a, this is kind of like um, it is a marketing podcast, but it's mindset, it's growth, growth hacking, which I hate that phrase, but it's that whole. If you're really good at 40% of your job, or career, or business, and yet 80% of your focus is on the 60% that you're not very good at because you want to pull it up to the standards of everything else. Stop doing that. And the reason I say that is, if like, we've used David Beckham in another podcast, but it's a good, it's an easy reference point. David Beckham didn't concern himself with how good he was at defensive headers, or how good he was at taking throw-ins or how good he was at goal kicks he focused on crossing free kicks corners fitness and because those were the things that he was already gifted at so he he doubled down he 10x on those things and you can apply the same to business so if you're a business owner and your your talent is I don't know, let's say you're a counsellor and your talent is empathy. So you're amazing at talking to people and you're amazing at extracting information from them to make them feel like they've unburdened themselves. The worst thing you could do is spend 90% of your time trying to figure out what your social media content should be. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. So is that like... I don't know. So, so let's say you're, mar- you're good at marketing your business and mm-hmm. you're awesome at facebook ads and maybe awesome at video content Mm -hmm. do you mean focus more on that rather than 
I must get good at tweeting and I must get excellent at copywriting or... Yeah, so I think um, we live in a world of generalists. <clears throat> and that's, that's a fact. It's okay. not an opinion. I think, particularly in the Western world, we live in a world of generalists. There's very few specialists. So if you approach a marketing agency, they'll tell you all the different types of marketing they can do. And it'll be a long list. Or if you approach um, most sort of car mechanics garages they'll all offer MOTs they'll all change your tyres they'll all do a service but they're not the ones doing really well Hmm. whereas we know a garage locally to us who he set up a classic car garage where people can bring their classic cars they have the full once over you know have all the plugs changed electrics checked oils lubricant yada 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 his entire focus is on pre I think in this case pre nineteen fifty classic cars and no interest in anything else. And he's growing the business to the you know, he's on T V now and all out of South Shropshire, so he's done really well. But there was never any intention to well, I know how to service a car now, so I'm gonna service all cars or I know how to service a car now, so now I'm gonna really focus on power steering it was like no he carried on doing what he was good at which was you know traditional combustion engine based classic cars it makes me laugh when i see people at companies advertising for a marketing role i say must have skills covering seo wordpress shopify copywriting facebook ads tiktok ads pinterest right it's like holy shit you're just looking for this this Unbelievable what marketing journalist, yeah. someone who's okay at everything, because I guarantee they won't be excellent at everything. Mm. And it's like that that sort of that person doesn't exist. You, what do you need? I need Facebook ads help. What do you need? I need SEO help. Well, get a Facebook ad specialist, get an SEO specialist. This the sort of one size fits all. Maybe that would have worked a few years ago. Yeah, but now. Digital marketing especially has developed so much, you'll be better served finding someone with that specific skill, someone who has doubled down on, hey, I'm pretty good at SEO. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to learn everything I can about SEO. And maybe one other area, for example. But not, I'm going to learn, I'm pretty good at SEO already, so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to learn more about copywriting. I'm going to learn more about email marketing. I'm going to learn about MailChimp. just won't happen there's a few copywriters out there that have done this really well isn't there you know if if you if you're on linkedin and instagram you'll have come across them where obviously they could try their hand at writing ads they could try their hand at headline writing but they they kind of focus really they almost stay in stay in your lane Mm -hmm. but then turn on the afterburners kind of thing and and they've absolutely gone full bore at what they're really really good at part of that is because as business owners we want to be good at everything we 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 can't deal with the fact that i know this about my business but i'm weak in that area and it bugs the shit out of me what wait what keeps me awake at night isn't that my facebook ads rock it's the fact that I know my email marketing could be better, so I need to learn everything I can about email marketing. Yeah, so the, there's sort of two sides to that, I think. 
I think I think you're absolutely right that as a business owner, chances are you've got the drive to be pretty good at everything. That and that that's a, a risk. But the other side of it is identifying the things that you should be doing more of rather than the things you should be getting better at. So if you've got the data in your business to say, well, we let's pick any business. So we're generating a lead on Facebook at £8 per lead and every three leads results in an inquiry and every two inquiries results in a sale. So what's that? Three, two, so six. So six times eight, £48. Pounds. So £48 per per sale. Can I just work that out like that? Yeah, like Rain Man. That's amazing. Um, I watched Rain Man the other day. (laughs) On the other side, it might be you're running LinkedIn ads as well. Kmart sucks. And they're they're running at £45 a lead. And for every two of those, you get a conversion. So £90 per conversion. But you might have never looked at it like that. You might have been thinking, well, well, I wish I could get my LinkedIn lead ads down to the price that I'm paying for my Facebook ads. So you spent all your focus and all your time on trying to improve your LinkedIn ads. When what you should have done is just spent more on Facebook ads. Should you have a quick aside into LinkedIn ads? Yeah. What do you reckon? Mm. Average. Average, would you say... I know. Business to business comes to you and says, Joel... I want you to do some LinkedIn ads for me. Fine, if you've got a testing budget of £100 a day. Okay. Pretty much. You, of course you can run LinkedIn ads with less than that. Can you run LinkedIn ads effectively with less than that? I don't think so at this moment in time. But... Think Microsoft are on the case? I think, I think make it they've better? put an awful lot of effort into trying to <coughs> help people get organic traction. And it's starting to bite them in the arse now because LinkedIn's turned into what Facebook was... And I don't mean, I'm not, I'm definitely not at the church of, oh, LinkedIn's become Facebook. Social media platforms can become whatever they want. That's the whole point. But if you open up the organic side of a social media platform so that it reaches more people, more people see it, the risk you have is it becomes flooded with stuff that's of less interest to the people who were there before. I see more toxicity on LinkedIn than any other platform. Where three years ago you'd have said Facebook and Twitter, maybe Facebook five years ago. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. When when people are using LinkedIn to, well, like you say, it's a free country, it's a free platform. Talk about what you want. I'm not precious about it. But when you have people talking about Ukraine um, or COVID or Brexit, whatever it might be, mm. there seems to be very little tolerance for other people's opinions, and I just see more of that anger coming through on LinkedIn than on Facebook. I'm sure it goes on on Facebook. And, of course, you can pick... You know, I've I've disconnected from a few people, as I'm sure you have. But when you see people saying, I think the war in Ukraine is wrong, what do you think? And the poll saying yes or no. It's like, holy fuck. So is that what LinkedIn has come down to? I I can explain that in a way... That's probably not PC, but don't really care. In the sense that Facebook realised this, and because Facebook come under serious fire for some of the things they've allowed on their platform, and rightly so in some cases. But basically, as soon as you make a platform pay to play, so you restrict the reach of organic stuff, a lot of these dickheads disappear because they are not willing to put money behind their opinion. Fucking, that's a that's a good point. That is Joel. 
That's 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 a that's a sound point. Yeah. And I don't compliment you often. Thanks. <laughs> that's, yeah, never looked it like that. Fucking hell, that's uh yeah, so, uh, how how valuable is someone's opinion? You'll know by how much they're willing to spend on it. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 staggered by that. But I should know that because we did a test on uh, on something we were giving away versus putting a little bit of cost in the in the way. And surprise, surprise, just putting a couple of quid in the way can make a big difference in the quality of people. It attracts. Not oh. saying, of course, we're not saying people with more money are better it's saying there are some people out there who refuse yeah so this, 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 this is a massive takeaway if you're not quite sure what andy's talking about here let's say you've got a free lead magnet and you use that in your business to drive people into your funnel and the reason it's free is it's the top of the funnel so you want to get as many people as you can in the top of the funnel and then squeeze them down into the people who are qualified mm-hmm. however the quality of what you put in at the top obviously has an impact on the quality of what comes out at the bottom, regardless of what you think. So there are marketing people out there that would say, get as many people as you can in at the top and use your funnel to filter them out. That's not true. It's partly true. But what would be better is, let's say you've got a lead magnet that's very valuable to the audience, but you charge a pound for it. I guarantee you the people in your funnel are more likely to buy from you, even if you're a ridiculously high price point, purely because they were willing to go and find their card details and go through the time transaction of buying that lead magnet. Now, don't get me wrong, we've got clients with free lead magnets because sometimes, particularly if you're not targeting the decision maker, you just need to get that person in your funnel and start Mm -hmm. serving them your message. Mm -hmm. But if you're selling to the decision maker or to the end consumer and it isn't just about exposure and education, it is about how quickly can I get this person from into the funnel to customer, better off having a £1, £2 tripwire just to see what they're made of. Yeah. That's Yeah, so that yeah, really never consider that with LinkedIn because... It's been bugging me, and at times I've got to be like, yes, I said, I'm not precious about it. I have been precious about it. Mm. When people post saying, I know this isn't Facebook, but... I said, I'll post it on Facebook then. Um, I, I wish there could be more business-related content on there. But again, free country, free platform. But that, that free-for-all toxicity and disrespect for other people's opinions. I'm not saying... Yeah, who changed their mind because of something somebody wrote on on social media? Like, I'm I'm conservative, and then someone berates you and starts saying why Labour's are much better. Oh, I t- I'm gonna yeah, you're right. I'm gonna vote Labour now. So why have you just wasted an entire evening trying to get your point across with no measurable outcome at the end, apart from the fact you just wasted an evening? Yeah, it, and polls are you know in our game polls are massive, aren't they? Because essentially all oh, these people are willing to engage i can spark a conversation but they've also become a bit of a horror hmm. where it's like do you like marmite yeah yeah i'm sure i'm sure i saw someone mars or so. snickers <laughs> yeah clickbait i'm mean, to- totally digressed now but yeah some that point you made there massive yeah and you sort of got you've got to know your audience as well so that's that like if you're going to post a poll You've got to be smart about it. So 
um, in the fitness industry, you might post, um, are you more concerned about diet or exercise? And then the poll's relevant because you know, oh, I need to send them Mm -hmm. on my nutrition funnel. I need to send them on my personal training funnel. Makes sense. If you run a marketing agency, which we see all the time, and it's like Batman or Superman, fuck off. Like, (laughs) just... Yeah. Right. Give me some context. So it's like, oh, who do you think would be better at running an ad campaign, Batman or Superman? Well, that's a weird question. Then they answer, and you're like, oh, well, we think it's because he's really good at blah, 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 blah. You can bring relevance into it. And, but the people don't. They're lazy. Wow. Maybe that... Do you think laziness has anything to do with that wish to be a generalist? Or is it more boredom, the fact that, right, I'm killing Facebook ads now, brilliant, so I'm going to start working on improving my SEO knowledge? Mm-hmm. I think it's that fear of being bad at something. So, and I have that. <laughs> like, here's something I shouldn't admit. I don't play board games with my wife. And she thinks it's because I'm boring. Where the reality is, I know that that brings out a side of me that I don't want to introduce into our house. <laughs> I am too bad a loser, take things way too seriously. Like Monica in Friends. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And I, just, I don't want to put myself in that headspace. So I don't play a board, I'll play a card game or something, but if you say, oh, should we play Risk? And six hours later, the house has been turned upside down. Was it worth it? I mean, yes, I've conquered the map but I'm probably divorced and, and the dog's gone too. So it's that kind of like put your focus in the right place, not just not just going with, like, it's ego-driven, isn't it? So, like, for a business owner, it's very tricky when, like, let's say us, we know we're good at Facebook ads, and, as we should be, but my ego's saying to me, oh, well... I know Andy does the copywriting a lot in the business and he coaches the team in copywriting, but you're a good copywriter, Joel. Why don't you have a go? No, because my focus isn't needed there. That's not... I should focus on where my focus is most needed for the success of the business or the success of the relationship or whatever it is. And your ego is always chipping at you, sort of saying, I bet you could be a bit better at that. I remember... um years and years ago when we started doing Google Ads, how I wanted to know everything about Google Ads. And I was, I was I'd was, i say, at a, at a very good level with Facebook Ads. Mm. But I was like, no, I can't go down this rabbit hole. I've got people in the team who are much better positioned than me to focus on Google Ads. And I remember having a meeting with, with a prospect and he was talking about Google Ads and he started asking me questions. And I'd say, no, no, let me stop you there. We do Google Ads as a company, but that ain't my cup of tea. That's I've got someone in the team that, and he was like, "How? Well, how could you, Google Ads is part of what you offer in terms of digital marketing? How can you not know about Google Ads?" It's like, no, I know how they work, and I know why they why they can work, and how to test and measure them. But you got any technical questions? I'm not your man. My job is to oversee the results, yeah, not to do the day to day. And that, oh god, it took me a long time to get my head around that because I was like. Oh shit! This guy thinks I should know everything about everything about marketing. So I had this chat with um, Rob Moore on a previous podcast, Disruptive Entrepreneur, name drop. Um, How is Rob? <laughs> don't know. I've <laughs> asked him recently. Um, 
and he was saying he knows how to do pretty much a rough idea of how to do everything in his business. But the devil is in the detail. And he ain't got time. He ain't got time for that. Yeah, he can't. So, so it's not that he's not above it. He he knows pretty much how every role works, and if he put his mind to it, he could do oh, it. Oh God, absolutely, yeah. But it's where is his focus best spent? So we talk about ten pound, hundred pound, thousand pound tasks. Well, if if ninety percent of Rob Moore's day is not on a thousand pound tasks, he's not just failing himself. He's failing his employees. He's failing his family, mm. and that's kind of what I'm getting at here is that. As the business owner, the temptation is to sort of make sure everything is bang on. But why don't you, if you focused all your energy on the three things that would make the most impact, imagine what it would do. Whereas, imagine how draining it would be if you tried to be great at everything. Oh, you go, go crazy. But like I say, you, you mentioned three things there. And I think that is also important. Like If you're talking about marketing and you're rocking your Facebook ads, for example... You still don't want to put all your eggs in one basket alone because, mm. say, you fall foul of Facebook somehow and they cancel your ad account. Suddenly you're fucked. Yeah. So you need a few pillars holding up your business. But, again, you can't be excellent at absolutely everything. So maybe it is, right, Facebook ads, Google ads and, and email marketing, for example. It's like the old days where you used to have, or well, not you, uh, some people used to have all the social media icons across their business card because they were on Facebook, they're on Twitter, they're on LinkedIn, they were on Pinterest and probably some others I've missed. Whereas now, we still get asked what social media platforms Bebo. should I be on? Bebo, bloody hell. It's like the answer is be good at two of them rather than trying to dilute yourself across all of them. Whereas I'd say a lot of business owners we speak to now, they are on all of them. Oh, you're on Twitter, are you? Let me have a look. Right, you last tweeted two months ago so what's the point of that you've you've done more harm than good someone sees that you're on twitter they go and check out your twitter profile see that you last post two months ago they'll go off to someone else where's the best place to follow you instagram there's a little plug so linkedin the past two months i probably posted maybe once or twice a week shared code breaks linkedin page content that has done, made no discernible difference to our business. But whereas I invested more time in my Instagram, that has made a discernible difference in terms of inquiries. And to be honest, engaging with people who are interested in us and engaging with people who are already customers. And engaging with people who are influential within our industry. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's, we built this up from scratch and we're in a fortunate position now where... We can, you know, invite some heavy hitters on the podcast, go for meetings with some cool people, and I mean that won't be right for everyone. Don't through focus. I mean, some people, LinkedIn could be the way forward for them. But what I'm saying is that doesn't mean you have to do loads of LinkedIn, loads of Instagram, loads of tweeting, no, no. loads of Facebooking. If LinkedIn works for you, great. But do you know LinkedIn works for you? Yeah, yeah. Do you know Facebook works for you? Do you think because you spend two hours a day on your Facebook, okay, tell me. Show me the numbers. What are the measurables? Oh, well, I, I reached this many people. Okay, how many more cus- how many customers does that bring you in? Well, well I don't know. So what's the fucking point then? How, how, many, how many existing customers has it retained? Well, I don't know. So what's the fucking point then? And those measurables in terms of organic social media are crucial, which is why the solution to most social media problems are do ads better. 
don't focus so much on oh my posts how many times a day should I yeah. be posting oh Joel what I, I read that if you post at 9.17 in the evening in the week now that's the best time to post and that's such a such a key point that if you're uh, an impatient business owner as most of us are organic's not going to be not going to be for you not all of us Joel um <laughs> So, I mean, I've got an organic content plan for my personal social media. You've got an organic content plan for your personal social media. But that's a long-term strategy. If you want impact right now, your focus has got to be in some sort of paid advertising. You, you know, it could be social media, it could be Google, it could be print. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I've been okay recently, after a long time, of saying to people... The, the secret to social media success is to rock your social media ads. Mm. Where so many people... And maybe it's the point you, you made earlier about, well, social media is free, so I need to extract as much as I can from all the organic posts. Don't get me wrong, organic posting is important. And, of course, you can earn money and, and make sales through organic posting. But when you're there going, oh, yeah, I'm posting five times a day, I, I, I read that Thursday lunch times are now the best blah 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 okay how much are you spending on your ads nothing well i can make your social media work for you better pretty much overnight if you give me an ad budget and something we were talking about the other day about the value of impressions so um some people in our game for sure talk about reaching impressions like it's the best thing ever and it means nothing to a business if that business isn't seeing more inquiries or more business but let's say you are an avid organic social media poster. So seven days a week and you've got a bit of a content plan. So maybe on a Monday you do something relatable, like walking your dog. Tuesday it's all business hacks. Wednesday it's some soothsayer wisdom, a quote. Thursday it's a little video. Friday it's a link to your podcast, let's say. Look at the last six months of data and look at the posts that perform the best. Now, the temptation for a lot of business owners would to be then to go and put money behind the ones that didn't perform to get to get their reach mm-hmm. up. Actually, the opposite of that is true. You should put the money behind the ones that resonated the most because they'll go through the roof. Mm-hmm. And so few people are, are doing that. So, you know, we post about our podcast a lot. And if one hits hard, We'll go and boost it so it hits even more. And we don't use the boost feature, but that was just a turn of yeah. phrase. Don't don't <laughs> don't boost posts. Um because, don't again. because we can look at the There in- are better alternatives to boosting posts. Yeah. So we can look at the insights, see, right, okay, well this one's really resonated with women between this age and this age. Why don't we put some budget to target business women between that age and that age and see what happens? And near enough every time that is a that's a massive thing to mm. smash your posts out of the park. I'd say there are very few businesses, small businesses, that um, enjoy social media success by organic content alone. They're out there, don't, of course, don't get me wrong, but chances are no, they're, they're spending money on ads. Even but, though you think, oh, wow, the, these guys, their organic content is pretty nailed. Generally speaking, if they, if they are making money through social media, it's because they're spending a shitload of money. Yeah, there's a couple of niches out there that can do it organically, and I wouldn't even need to say, and I'm sure the listeners would be able to figure out what those niches are, because you see them everywhere. 
But if you're basically not in that world, there is going to be some level of spend required to get get the traction you need to make your social media a profitable investment. So if someone is rocking Facebook, if we're talking organically, and they're rocking LinkedIn, uh, sorry, they're rocking Facebook organically and they're doing all right on LinkedIn. Mm. Are you saying, well, spend money on Facebook ads then and make your Facebook even better? Yeah, 100%. Just bin your LinkedIn, if if that was the case. I mean, like I think it is important you have multiple pillars. You can't just put all your eggs in one basket. But if the same content on LinkedIn just isn't ringing with the audience like it is on Facebook, chances are either you're connected with the wrong people on LinkedIn or it's not the platform for you. So why wouldn't you double down on what's already working? And it's really interesting the tactics you can use there in terms of well, I know that Facebook only lets my posts reach between 2 and 8% of the people I, that follow my page, let's say. This post has gone really well. So if I put money behind it, imagine how many more people it will reach and how many more followers we'll get so that the next post gets more traction. And yet so many people are running their sort of paid advertising and their organic as separate entities. They're, they're like two separate things. Okay, okay. And what would you say about um, the phrase we talk about here is like round pegs and square holes when it comes to people you're working with about, you know, everyone has different skill sets. And sometimes, you know, obviously, depending on the position, you need a number of different skill sets. No point being an accountant if you're... Crap at numbers. Well, there we go. Yeah, crap at numbers. Um, marketing, I suppose, you need specialists now. But... Do you think there comes a point in someone's life where, listen, they're good at this kind of stuff, they're never going to be good at this kind of stuff? Like, I don't know, someone's just not going to be good at the number side of the business, for example. Or someone is just copywriting. That's a massive part of what we do. Do you think there comes a point where, yeah, this, this Bob, he's got great copywriter potential, we should work on him. And Sue, no, she, she's, she's never going to make it as a copywriter we should focus her energy on another aspect of marketing. I think so. I think um, on like a really strictly business basis, if you've got somebody who's a low-tier employee, so they're on a low salary, you can afford to invest more time in them trying to teach them a new skill to see what they're good at. doesn't really matter what age they are because I don't... I, you know, I don't think age is a factor so much with technology anymore. You know, the, the amount of silver surfers out there that are really good at crypto, it kind of blows my mind. <laughs> so they've obviously learnt it somewhere. But it's that, that's okay. If you've got someone on 30 grand, 40 grand, who's an ad specialist, and suddenly they take an interest in copywriting, you've got a problem. Because you're paying them to be a specialist at a very specific thing and they're now saying oh i'm interested in this so it's not just a money thing it's not just a productivity thing it's a a mentality thing their head's been turned and oh well i I did like ads but not so much anymore and it's i'm I'm paying you to do ads and and you have to take that approach with yourself too like business owners so easy to be a bit of a magpie and go on to the next shiny Mm -hmm. thing 
So let's say, I don't know, um, you're really good at processes and system management. So you, the team would always know what to do. There's no doubt about it. And then one day you decide, actually, I'd like to be closer to the team. I'm interested in HR. And then one day something goes wrong and no one knows what to, what to do because you've spent the last four weeks focusing on team building exercises and HR. Was that the best use of your time or should you have brought someone external in to do that and you carried on keeping on top of the systems and processes? And I think, yeah, so it's a, for me it's a, it's a pay grade thing. Pe- people who are trainees or apprentices, they need a taste of everything to decide what they're good at and to decide what they like. That's important too. And then you channel them. If you want a generalist, you know, if you, if let's say you want uh, a marketing exec who can do a bit of everything, that's okay. But expect them to lose focus and expect to lose them as an employee at some point. Because <clears throat> so I'm seeing a lot of um, virtual assistants out there now. Obviously, awesome business. Lots of people, lots of businesses need a VA, and they do some bookkeeping, they do a bit of payroll. A lot of them now do some social media management. Mm. Some of them do a bit of advertising. And suddenly, you know, and, and it can be an attractive proposition, so it's like, blimey, I'm I'm paying this person, like, you know, a couple of hundred quid a month, and they're doing, like, all this stuff for me. But I suspect the quality of that work... Isn't the standard isn't you where want you, to... Isn't where you need it to be? So, obviously, it depends on what you're paying your VA... But I'd argue a VA exists to take £10 tasks off your desk. They don't exist to take the £100 tasks off your desk. And if they're doing the £100 tasks, you've got a problem because someone else should be better suited to that. And if it's not internal, there'll be someone you can outsource to, be it freelance or agency. And then £1,000 tasks, if you're outsourcing your £1,000 tasks, you've got a real issue because that's your specialism. And if you're spe- And I know that there's businesses out there where essentially they've built it without knowing a thing about the thing that they do but they're few and far between yeah, yeah. blimey so uh, i mean we talk, <clears throat> i mean you mentioned social media in terms of the posting and stuff i bet there's a lot of business owners out there not saying there's right or wrong who might think that's a 10 pound an hour task but there are other business owners out there who think social media posting no holy shit that's a 100 pound an hour task and it's like sometimes um, you will see people advertising, they're recruiting, and they're looking for uh, a receptionist slash marketer. Yeah. Plumber slash marketer. Well, sort of straight away, that tells me where they value investing. Yeah, you, you see it, you see it uh, receptionist slash bookkeeper, don't you? It's not just marketing. You see um, dental hygienist slash receptionist. It's like... And you guarantee that those people aren't, are unlikely to be spending money on an ad budget. Yeah, that's right. That means do a few Facebook posts a week, and fingers crossed, that will drive some inquiries. Mm. Um, and as a rough rule of thumb, you know you want to be looking at investing ten percent of your turnover in, into your into your ad budget. Yeah, and do the maths and make sure right. Okay, for every pound I spend, it makes me ten pounds. Well, that's an, that's the holy grail, and that's another reason to do more of what you're good at. Spend the money in the area where it'll have the most impact. Because the money's finite. And then it becomes, yeah, so marketing then becomes a question of maths, doesn't it? You've tested and measured. And you, you know, so so we, we've we got a client 
and we know for them to shift £2,000 product, including our fees, it costs them £70. So ad budget, our time experience, £70, I make £2,000. So there's listeners screaming right now, saying, well, surely they go and find as many £70 as they can. You'd think so, wouldn't you? And it will blow your mind, listeners, that there are people out there that just won't scale beyond a point. They will, so they're quite happy selling five or six of these things a month and that that's your lot and I reckon they could quadruple that before it plateaued which is why we can't work with them because you know I'm just looking at a copy of our book now across on the shelf stay hungry which is the hashtag we use everywhere and it's fine because some people they aren't hungry enough they want that lifestyle business and that's that's fine it's just well they're not they're not people we can help so on that note talk to me about hungry business owners that want to learn the marketing that sells formula. Oh, oh! how long have you got? So, if you haven't read our book, Stay Hungry, uh, marketing that sells is our formula, our 10-step formula to get results from your marketing. Mm-hmm. We see a lot of people, I, I want to be, be more visible. What does that mean? I want to reach more people. What does that mean? I want more likes. Well, likes don't put food on the table. So we're talking about getting uh, a visible and measurable return for your marketing. So downloading our book is a good start. Um, I would suggest the best place to start is to hop onto our website and arrange a callback so we can have a chat. And we will speak to you, find out about your goals and find out how hungry you are. Because sometimes it's just good to talk to people and find out how hungry are you? Because you might not know. You might think, I want to be a super successful entrepreneur. I want this. But when it actually comes down to it, you don't. You want a bit of pin money so you can spend more time with your loved ones, whatever it might be. And I've got to be honest, those can be hard conversations because some people, I think, are not as hungry as they thought they were. Yeah, and I I guess a, a cool way of looking at it is not every business comes to us to grow their profits. Some business owners come to us to grow their time. So they make the same amount of money as they did before, but in half the amount of time because of smart marketing, automation, things like that. Time is the currency of life. So it's having a lifestyle business, that's fine. And you can still be hungry because you're hungry to get more from your time. But say, yeah, you've got to be hungry for something. (laughs) Yeah, if like I say, if if every time I gave you £10, um, you gave me £100 back, I've for whatever reason I've got a budget of a hundred pounds. So once I've given you ten lots of ten pounds, that's 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 your lot. It's like that's madness. Surely you just keep giving me the ten pounds because I'll keep giving you a hundred pounds back every time. Yeah, and it's quite surprising that not all business owners think like that. But again, that's fine. But I'd question how hungry you are because growing a business has to be in this day and age about scalability. Mm. You can't just hustle and hustle and hustle you've got to be able to make sure that, like you say, you can become more profitable in less amount of time, invest back into your business, employ staff, or if you don't want to employ staff, outsource, work smarter, and it, uh, just fucking enjoy life. Predictability and scalability in all areas of life. Yeah, that's why a lot of, yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, in the, in the previous podcast, we talked about this, this, which we believe is misplaced obsession with work-life balance it isn't about balance it's about harmony it's it's about being present so oh i must work 20 hours a day well maybe better off working four hours a day but work four hours uninterrupted your phone locked away so you can properly fucking focus on those income generating tasks oh, he's on it today guys oh you want to hear stop me now 
more of Andy's dulcet tones, visit andyandjoel.com where you'll see our brand new marketing mindset coaching service by popular demand because lots of people who don't necessarily need their marketing done for them have been asking us, can we teach them our ways? And Andy's up for it. So, yeah, get in touch. See you soon, guys.